Hello, and welcome to the 33rd episode of How to Hold a Pencil. My name is Ruben Ingber, and I'm your host. And before we get started, I want to apologize to everyone for the couple of weeks of radio silence. Uh, it's been hectic. We'll leave it at that. Uh, today, I have with me Tara Fiener, a self-described design-focused software engineer at 53, uh, the company behind the amazing app called Paper. Uh, before joining 53, she worked at Adobe, uh, and she's done a bunch of other great stuff. Welcome, Tara. And for the people who don't know who you are, why don't you tell the listeners uh, at home a little bit about yourself? Great. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, so yeah, I'm a software engineer who's focused very heavily in design. Um, I guess the design portion is sort of just like self-taught over the years, but um, I've, I've kind of ended up going in that direction. Um, I lived in San Francisco for five years before moving to New York, uh, where I was working with Adobe and their experience design group. Uh, prototyping future tools for the web. And uh, before that, I'm actually from a kind of unique place. Uh, it's an island off the coast of Canada called Newfoundland. And uh, and yeah, that's where I went to school and, and kind of got interested in, uh, in engineering. That's awesome. So what's, I like to ask everybody this question, what's your first sure. memory of the web? Uh, it would definitely be AOL for sure. Like just, you know, Nice. Um, even just like the landing page, like I can almost remember it like perfectly, <laughs> but, um, you know, from AOL going into like GeoCities probably, um, yeah, that was definitely a big part of my life when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> so a question that I asked people who, uh, who mentioned that AOL is their first memory of the web. What was, if you remember and are willing to tell us, what was your first screen name on AOL? I have absolutely <laughs> no idea. But that's a great question. Some people remember and it's like they remember and they're like, I am not telling you that answer because it is embarrassing. <laughs> and other people are like, oh, it was X, Y, Z. And it's it's usually it's usually kind of funny. So obviously AOL is where you started on the web, quote unquote. But how did you sort of find your way from there to development specifically? Yeah. So I just kind of became obsessed with computers when I was really young. So I, I kind of just started digging in and trying to understand like, how the web even worked. Like, what is this thing? <laughs> how is this like a thing that we're all using? Um, so yeah, I mean, I started kind of like modifying GeoCities websites, um, started doing them for my friends as well. So I was helping people like mod out their GeoCities <laughs> sites. Who didn't but, do that? <laughs> right. Um, but then I basically became obsessed with like immersive experiences. So like all of Flash, which was obviously like actually kind of cool then. Uh, so I became obsessed with Flash and I basically was creating flash sites and apps my entire way up through school. That's awesome. So I know you, we started out and you talked about how you are a design-focused software engineer. And I think more and more people are becoming that, you know, especially in the front-end world. It's like right. you are you might be building something, but it's no longer that, oh, here's a design comp and I'm going to build it. It's more with responsive web, you have to be – you really have to sort of have a, a knack for that. Um what type of resources did you sort of use to learn uh, and build your design skills? Yeah, it was it was kind of learning through copying and stealing. And that sounds, I don't know, kind of weird, but it's totally true. Um, just, yeah, for as long as I can remember, just seeing something that I admired and, and being like, how was that made? And trying to copy it. And uh, I think copying, like as somebody who's learning, is an incredibly powerful tool and I kind of encourage everybody to sort of go out and, and steal. I mean, you know, like don't like steal a website and make it your own, but like, but like steal it as a method of like learning. Um, so that's definitely how I learn how to do it. 
I think that's some great advice. Uh, how did you build your confidence to sort of say, okay, I'm going to not only build this item, but I'm also going to design it and sort of how did, how did, what caused you to sort of jump that bridge? Yeah, I think because I had started out like coding websites and then like moved into like flash and action script. Um, I was kind of like immersed in this, like, you know, engineering design world because like Macromedia suite inherently was like fireworks and, and flash and, and it was all, you know, vector based. And it just like, it kind of forced you into being like a little bit more design minded. Like I would kind of jump between creating a logo or creating a button or, um, whatever, and then writing some action script for it. So I was doing a little bit of both. And I think I just sort of developed like a style early on and like begin to understand like design language. That's awesome. So how did you sort of discover your style and like, how did, how has that sort of iterated itself over the past couple of years? Like I know you've obviously everybody in our industry sort of has, you either, you either grow or you don't keep working. So it's, you have to grow and your stuff has to you know adapt. How is yours how has your personal style sort of adopted or adapted over the past couple of years? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, yeah, like going up through, I guess I sort of was obsessed with using tools, like like the whole Macromedia suite and eventually like the Adobe suite where I ended up working. And I think just like over time, like in being a part of product design, I started to understand what I didn't like and became good at like like speaking about that. And I think it's in, like, deciding what you don't like that you sort of figure out what you do like. And I think that's kind of how I ended up finding my style. And I think there's a lot to be said for, like, just constantly looking back at your old work. And I know it's really hard. Like, we all hate looking at stuff we've done, like, years ago. I hate looking at stuff I did a few months ago. No, seriously. (laughs) Me too. Me too. But I think it's such a powerful tool to, like, go back and look at what you did a couple years ago and, and sort of, like, recognize how you've changed and, like, what you wouldn't do, like knowing what you know now. For sure. I think if for that pe- makes sense. No, it yeah. makes per it makes perfect sense. I think for people learning, you know, web development and design and stuff like that, that's some fantastic advice. Like your skills are going to grow and your skills are going to change, but it's important to sort of revisit and sort of see where you came from. Absolutely. Uh, and understand it. So you're obviously a very motivated human being. You've done amazing stuff. You jumped you jumped from oh, Adobe you've jumped from Adobe into an into a new app that really is building a built a beautiful product and continues to build beautiful products. Uh, what keeps you motivated? Like what keeps you sort of chomping at the bit to keep going? Uh, people keep me motivated for sure. Um, I don't know. It was really rewarding to get the job at Adobe initially because I had been a user of their products for so many years. I actually got my job at Adobe the day that they acquired Macromedia. So it was kind of like this weird like <laughs> thing where it was like, hey, that's that's kind of where I wanted to end up. And and now I sort of am. Um, but yeah, it's definitely people at the other end. So I've been focused on building tools to help people create. And whether that was at Adobe or now at 53, I think I've become just like obsessed with helping other people be creative and inherently like helping myself be more creative. So it's almost like I'm building products for myself and I'm building products for hopefully like lots of other people um, that can help us all be creative together. So I think that's what keeps me going. Yeah. That's awesome. So obviously over your career, you've obviously, I'm sure, have hit uh, some roadblocks, whether it's in your learning or, you know, finding your path at Adobe. Uh, Sort of, could you walk me through some of those roadblocks and sort of how you've overcome any of them or any challenges that you've seen? 
Yeah. So I started out doing a lot of web stuff, like I said, when I was younger and, and then like flash, which is sort of like this, you know, in between like webby appy space. And then when I went to school, I did computer engineering and, um, kind of came out doing native programming. So like C plus plus and Java. And I was doing that at Adobe for a while. So I think like a roadblock for me was just sort of figuring out like what I wanted to learn and what I wanted to be working with, like what tools I wanted to be using. And like when I finally found myself getting back into the web space and the web teams, it was like making that transition of like leaving a group that I had sort of like grown up with at Adobe to get back to what I think I felt more passionate about. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's probably, that was definitely a big road roadblock for sure. It was just kind of, um, yeah, having like learned a certain set of tools and then like trying to get back to maybe a set of tools or, or realizing and understanding what tools I really wanted to be working on and with. That's so interesting that you, you know, you were, you know, you were on this sort of career path to do sort of, you know, software like desktop software, whether it was yep. working on Photoshop for argument's sake or something else, you know, that yeah. Adobe creates. And then you wanted to sort of make this transition back to the web. What sort of motivated you to make that transition uh, back to the web? And like, what sort of inspired you to do that? Yeah, um, I think I was having a hard time seeing where I would be like five years from now when I was working in the the desktop software side of things, mostly because like I could feel like our entire industry changing. Um, you know, it's kind of weird. Like I remember the day that Steve Jobs sort of got up on stage and and said that Flash wouldn't be on the iPad. And, and that <laughs> being at Adobe was kind of like a scary thing for sure. I could and, I could only imagine how scary that was. Yeah, especially I mean, especially was... seeing the results. Like if you if you if you thought that the result was going to be bad, uh, <laughs> you know, it turned out it turned out that way. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I was very much a part of, you know, that whole like community and had been very obsessed with like those tools. And um, it had really gotten me interested in being a developer in the first place back when I was in high school. So that for sure was like kind of, I don't know, kind of a scary, scary thing. Um, So I, I could sort of feel the industry changing, the technology changing. And I kind of just got ahead of it a little bit like it was at that moment where it just like I could see the web was sort of going to be that much more important and like some of you know the specs and APIs and the way things were evolving like the web was turning a little bit more appy and I kind of wanted to get ahead of that so I think that's kind of what inspired and motivated me to like get back into that space plus it just sounded challenging like it, it was good it was like people were thinking about all these really hard problems and yeah i just wanted to be a part of that so you mentioned something interesting and how you made this jump from you know java programming and stuff like that back to the web and obviously in between you know while you were doing java programming the 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 web really the web changed and the languages not languages didn't fully change but obviously they've molded and they've adapted and the way we build things has changed what tools or what ways did you go about learning or relearning, you know, the classic stuff that you needed to jump back into, you know, the front end web engineering world? Yeah, it definitely had a lot to do with my community on Twitter. So fortunately, like a lot of the people who I'd been good friends with and had worked with had sort of like also been in a similar kind of state of mind. So it was good to kind of like go through that process with a lot of those people. 
Um, but then it was also like connecting to their networks, like people who had left Adobe who are now doing web stuff or freelancing or, or et cetera. Like it was just good to like, yeah, through Twitter basically connect to their networks. And that's where I found out about, about a lot. So, I mean, I'm sure everybody says a list of heart, but that's, that was totally a really big part of it. Um, For sure. CSS tricks, just great articles, like really, really good stuff. Uh, picked up a bunch of books and just sort of started binging on the weekends. Um, are, there, are, there, are there any books that sort of stand out to you? Because very few people mention books. So I'm, I'm interested in knowing if there's any that stand oh, out. Funny. Yeah, you know, I, I picked up a mix of things, like including like the whole of book apart. And then I picked up a few other random ones. Oh, okay. Um, what else did I pick up? Uh, what's his name? He's Snook. Snook. I picked up his CSS book. And that was interesting. It was just like the way he thinks about um, writing kind of like object-oriented CSS Got was it. really good. And then also, I also picked up a bunch of like non-web books, kind of just to sort of think more about like interaction and data viz and design patterns. So I actually like picked up as many of those as I actually did web books. It was like through reading both that I think it helped me kind of get my mind back in the space and it was just like refreshing. Yeah, see, I'm one of those people who I love to read web books, whether it's a book apart books or I picked up this great JavaScript book a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, I, I will pour through it. And other people are like, books, no, I can't use that. No, no, no. But I, I recommend I recommend several books all the time to people. So I want to sort of change gears a little bit and yeah. sort of talk to you about advice you would give to people starting out on the web now. Um, so what would you tell someone starting out to keep them motivated. Like we all know that, that the first days of learning web development are are tough. Um, but you have to push through those days and what would you tell them to keep them motivated? Yeah. Um, I would tell them a few things. First of all, like I think it's really important to be able to talk about the kinds of things that make you excited, like the kinds of experiences that make you excited. So something I often tell people when they ask me about like how I sort of became at the intersection of like design and engineering is like, just identify like experiences you like and start pointing out like interactions you like and start like noting them all down. And it doesn't really matter how you do it, whether you want to like have like a private blog or like, I'm even going to say like a Pinterest board, whatever, but like start like identifying like things that you like. And I think that helps you kind of figure out what you might want to build. Um, and then, yeah, from there, I think, I think, um, sorry. It's okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, for someone fresh. Oh, and get really technical. So no, what do you mean? What do you mean by get really technical? Get really technical. And that's advice that people have given me a lot over the past few years. Um, just like in talking about like where my career is going, like something I always hear is like, go really, really deep. So I think um, I think that's becoming more and more important. Like, like be like a really badass like web engineer. Like, like learn the ins and outs and every of everything, and like figure out like why things work the way they work. I think that's really really important. So I think it's important to get like a good like surface level like feel for for like you know what you want to make. But then I think like going really deep on making is really important. 
Yeah, I mean, I think what you're saying about going very technical is an interesting piece because I think a lot of people who are new to this, they'll spend a couple of months, whether it's working on Treehouse or Thinkful or any of these you know, great services, learning, and they learn the real top line stuff, which is great. Yeah. But you have to keep put like even once you get that first job, you have to keep spending time learning and building on your skills and building on top of that, whether it's learning a JavaScript framework or help it, you know, you have to keep pushing yourself. So for someone fresh to the web, sort of where where do you think is a good place to get their start? You know, is there a language? Is there a framework or is there something that you would say this is where you should go? Yeah, um, Language and framework-wise, we've actually been writing everything in CoffeeScript at 53, and that's actually been really nice. It's kind of just like, you know, an abstraction away from JavaScript, and uh, it's it's kind of nice and clean and just makes things a little bit more simple. Um, And, you know, the CoffeeScript site is great, and it has like kind of like this playground where you can sort of try things out and see how it compiles to JavaScript. I think CoffeeScript is really interesting. Um, Framework-wise, we're actually using React.js at 53, which is Facebook's uh, framework for developing. Yeah, and we we really like it a lot. Um, And I'm recommending it more and more now to friends um, who are building things. I just think it's a – it keeps, like, everything pretty clean. Like, all the state for your app is at the very top, and then everything just kind of bubbles down nicely. And, and, uh, yeah, I think it's a good place to start, actually. Very cool. So um, obviously in our industry, we have to keep learning, keep building on our skills. Is there something you're working on now sort of outside of work that you're, you know, geared towards learning and how are you going about learning that? Yeah. So uh, we recently launched um, our new product mix, which is a web app. Um, and it's it's also on paper. It's a whole like collaborative um, platform for ideas. Very but cool. um, yeah, so we're really excited to have launched that and we're also using continuous deployment. So basically every time we merge a change into master or merge a pull request, basically that if it passed the test, it goes live. Um, so something I've been spending a lot of time learning uh, more about is functional and visual testing. So we are doing a lot of functional testing today. Um, but just understanding more about visual testing, I find really interesting, especially as like, you know, a design and engineering uh, person, front end engineering person, um, it's really important to me, obviously, that I, I don't, like, change something that ends up, like, breaking the way all of our buttons look or, or feel or whatever. So um, I've been learning a lot about about that recently, and uh, it's been fun. Very cool. So obviously Mix is an awesome project that you have just launched, but what's sort of your – of all the projects you've worked on, what's your, like, favorite all-time project? Yeah. I mean, I think if I, I could say most – my most recent one is my favorite. That's probably it. It's it's definitely Mix. Um, just because it's been like, I don't know, it's been such a cross-discipline project. Like Mix is a part of paper. And um, just like from the design perspective, our community team has been so involved with it. It's a web service. It's a web app. It's just like spans so many different levels um, and people and, and roles. And it's just been really like inspiring to like work with all those people to build it. Um, it's also something I feel really passionate about. Just like I've gotten back into drawing in the past like year or two and mix has definitely been a really big part of that. Um, otherwise I would say at Adobe, it was probably reflow. 
Um, that was um, a tool as part of the Edge web web services and tools that Adobe's web team puts out. Very cool. Um, that me and a few other people from design um, actually kind of collaborated and and came out with the the first version. And yeah, it's basically like an in-browser tool for doing responsive web design. And that was really fun because it was right when responsive web design was sort of taking off. So it was really cool to kind of like be right there with it and like thinking about tooling for what responsive web design could look like. That was really fun. Very cool. So listening to you talk just now over the past, you know, 20 or so minutes, I, I, you can sort of hear the passion in your voice for the projects you work on and for the, the way you build things and all this other stuff, which is so amazing. And obviously that's not a skill anybody can learn or you really can't teach it. But if you had to sort of tell someone how, not how to become passionate, but like (laughs) how you stay passionate about, I mean, you've been on the web, working on the web for a long time and how, how have you been able to sort of stay passionate? I think a lot of people get discouraged, you know, things get difficult quickly and they're, you know, but you've been able to push through all that and continue working and continue building and continuing doing great stuff. So sort of how have you kept that passion and that fire going? A lot of it has definitely been like working on projects that I use. So like using what you make, that's like a really big, like personal philosophy of mine. I think as long as you're like working or creating something that ultimately like you think you can use, like you are using and you want to use, I think that makes you passionate like no matter what. Um, yeah. I think, I think just like trying to find something that's, that you're passionate about anyways, like even outside of work, that's like another, another way to do it. Like if you're passionate about drawing, like, like mix just ended up being like a really, really good fit for me in 53. Um, so yeah, I think it's like a blend of like both using what you make and then recognizing what you're passionate about and trying to find a way to work on things in that space. Awesome. So in the last couple of minutes we have, if you could go back to yourself, and I, I ask everybody this question, if you could go back to yourself at the very beginning when you first were first, you know, dabbling in web design and stuff like that, whether it was GeoCities or when it grew a little mm-hmm. bit, what what advice would you give yourself then? Or what would you tell yourself then to sort of get yourself going or keep yourself going? I think I would tell myself, to make even more. So I definitely spent a lot of time in school, like, or outside of school, basically working on these like side projects and, and like learning how to code and learning how to design. But, but I wish I had made even more. And I wish I had seen like some of those like little projects I worked on like through. And we actually have a quote that at 53 that we use all the time. And it's from Austin Cleon, who's sort of a visual artist and based out of Austin, Texas. Um, and his quote is, it's in the act of making things, we figure out who we are. And finding that quote when I arrived at 53 was definitely like very meaningful to me. And I was sort of like, all right, yeah, I, I kind of wish I could have gone back and, and given my like younger self that quote. Um, yeah. That is, I mean, I hope people listening are listening to that piece of advice because that's one of the best pieces of advice I've heard on the show. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I just want to, in the couple of minutes we have left, you mentioned some side projects that you worked on. What type of side projects were you working on in the early days? I'm just oh interested. Okay, so one thing I did, this is actually more visual than than something I actually coded, but I recreated the intro to this, the Spider-Man cartoon <laughs> from like the 60s. 
nice. in, in fireworks and flash. It was really hard. It took me a really long time. I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, like like it feels like thousands of hours, but I'm sure it wasn't that many. Um, and then I basically created an interactive music app experience that I submitted in English class. We were suppo- supposed to submit a paper where you had to like detail like songs that identified with Lord of the Flies, the novel. And I asked Fantastic my book. if I could sit. Yeah, amazing book. <laughs> and I asked my English teacher if I could submit an app instead. And she was like super confused and like, sure, I guess. Um, what else do you say to like somebody who comes up to you and asks you to like, I guess, go outside of the, the bounds of the project? So I actually created this like interactive island where like various things happened when you like clicked on certain things and um, things were moving and maybe somebody like got killed by a rock, for example, like, and you could like click on each song and it would actually play. So it was just like this, like, you know, small, like flash app, but it was just, those were the kinds of things that I ended up like building and, and playing around with when I was younger. That is so cool because I I think that demonstrates something that I think a lot of people don't understand is like the little things that you're building now, whether it's that little weather app that you have or whatever it is that you're spending some time on working is going to influence your future work and your future abilities. And people don't realize that people think that the small things they're making today are like, oh, it's cool. I made this thing, but nobody understands. And it takes a long time to look back on it and to say, well, this the these were my these are the things I built in the past, but it's helped me build the foundation to sort of build these amazing things in the future. Yeah. Um, so the last two questions that I sort of ask everyone, what does the future hold for you? Sort of do you have anything coming up? Projects, you know, whatever you want, anything like that. Yeah, well we, we launched Mix on September sixteenth. Um, so it's kind of like out in the wild now. It sort of feels like having like a pet or like a child. It's just like this <laughs> this thing that I like love and, and want to like nurture. So, uh, we're spending a lot of time at the company, um, making mix even better. And that's definitely like my focus for the like long term um, is making mix even more awesome, making creating together more awesome collaboration ideas. Um, yeah, I, I think that's sort of as far as I see right now, I'm still really passionate about what I'm doing. Awesome. Um, so I'm going to keep doing that until it burns out that that's the way to do it and the final question is where can people find you on the internet anything you want to plug personal or otherwise feel free to do so cool yeah i'm t fiener on twitter um i'm tara jane on github and instagram and my profile in mix because i can say this now is mix.53.com slash tara so it's all the drawings i've been working on um and yeah if i could plug anything i guess download paper for ipad if you haven't already and uh, and join Mix. Let's collaborate on something together. Very cool. Well, Tara, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I really appreciate it. Of course. Um, Thanks so much for having me. This is awesome. For everybody listening at home, you can find show notes to some of the stuff we discussed at www.howtoholdapencil.com. I'll be back next week with another great episode. And also, for any of you heading to Brooklyn this week for Brooklyn Beta, I'll be around and I have plenty of how to hold a pencil stickers and I would love to meet any of you that are listening or anybody who just wants a sticker. Uh, You're more than welcome to them. And I once again, thank you, Tara, and I will speak to everyone next week.